Have you had your soup today? And the cold, crisp taste of Coke is so satisfying, it keeps me from eating something else that might really add those pounds. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are. Welcome to another episode of Sheologians. We're here today to put the her in everywhere because our topic today is literally everywhere you look on the internet. I like this one. Um, and I am here with my beautiful co-host, Joy. And Joy, I want you to know that if we were in an Ivy League school together and you and I invented a new social media platform that made billions of dollars, I would not cut you out of the business. Oh, <laughs> Just FYI. Thank you. And split it with you. Oh, that sounds so fair. <laughs> right? I mean, That's I think so it would reasonable be fair, of you. Isn't it? We're in it, we're in this together. Right. Right. So you can have a billion dollars. So you dollars. heard it here on Chilogens. <laughs> Summer and Joy, we're going to quit the show and go to an Ivy League school. Yep. And you will see our social media mm-hmm. platform. Join it. Out. Invite right. your friends. When I first saw Facebook, I was like, this is so stupid. My space is way better. Don't we all, aren't we all such snobs about new social we media? We're like, yeah. mm. although one mm. time Google Plus did happen. And by we happen, I mean it didn't happen. <laughs> we weren't wrong about Google Plus. No. Nobody was Nobody. except for Google. How did Google fail? They failed at something. I don't know. Google Plus is the worst. I think they should just stick to their. Like, they already own everything. They own everything. Is that not enough? It's not enough. (laughs) But can you believe they failed at social... Google failed at social media. Right. How did that happen? I think it was... I don't know. It was, like, too... It was weird. I wasn't wasn't into it. There wasn't enough, like, pictures, and it it didn't feel very... The the interface wasn't really easy to read, and... No. Is that even the right word? I don't know. Yes. Oh, my gosh. Okay. Well, my phone's not on silent. Joy is so popular. Okay, well, you're right. I am Joy. And um, I'm here with my beautiful co-host, Summer. And Summer, if um, we were janitors at an Ivy League school, we would quietly go around solving impossible theorems and being secret geniuses. Goodwill hunting? Yes. Okay. <laughs> like, wait. And that would be it. And it would be so much fun, even though that's not how that movie ends. But... I actually don't remember how the movie ends. Oh, okay. Well. So, I know it's on Netflix. We would spur each other on to better things, and... Was Ben Affleck in that movie? Yes. Okay. And Robin Williams. Yeah. With a beard. And mm-hmm. his beard was in the movie. Right. His beard. <laughs> like it's credited. Character. It's in the it credits. It should be. so epic. <laughs> I know. That's all I remember he from the movie. He looks good with a beard. Who doesn't? Right. True. People that can't <laughs> grow beards. Anyway, um, <laughs> speaking of Netflix, um, we are here today to give you 13 reasons why you should not watch 13 reasons why. Right. Why it's the worst. It is the absolute worst. I mean, it's not like the worst thing ever in the world. Well, but on Netflix, right? We're now, talking the internet world, right? Um, it's a terrible show, it is. and people are talking about it a lot because some people are also upset with it. But some people are saying it was like a great show that you could use as a catalyst to talk to your kids about 
these heavy topics that the show brings up and um, we're going to give you 13 reasons why that's completely not a great idea. I also think some people just watched it um, for the pure entertainment value that it offered. It's an interesting concept that was introduced through the trailer. So your interest was piqued and then you watched it and you're like, I want to know what's going to happen next. You and do so want to know what happens. You next. watched it and you just purely watched it for entertainment value and then it ended and then it was done. But so the internet world is talking about this a lot. Mm-hmm. All kinds of people are talking about this show and uh, they feel differently about it. So we are going to talk about it, too. Right. Because it's our show. We uh, yeah. talk about things we want to talk about. And this is what we want to talk about. If you don't care, you can always just not listen to this episode. <laughs> right. Or you can listen to it so that you can warn people about why you're not watching the show. Right. Uh, well, and it was my idea was to release this show in um, 13 hour long increments. <laughs> Which brings us to point right. number one. <laughs> Um, number one, point number one of why we don't recommend the show is the terrible production of the show. Right. So let's, first of all, we can start off with the length of each episode. And I think it was a little bit long. I know that, um, people who read the book and enjoyed the book and who want more story. Because it was based on a book. I know what it's like to be a part of a fandom. Right. And, uh, with certain fandoms, you're like, I don't, I don't really care what it is. I want more of the story. If there's bad parts of the story, my brain can throw that out because I just enjoy the story. Right. So I get why an hour for each episode would be awesome for some people. But it was really long. It was so long and dragged out. I was so upset after episode two when I realized I was going to have to invest like 11 more hours of my life. Because you will think several times while watching it, it'll be like, can I just go on Wikipedia and read... A synopsis of each thing but honestly the concept is interesting enough to where you're like well i don't want to consume it that way i want to consume these tapes as right so the concept is you you know in the beginning this girl kills herself and she records 13 tapes cassette tapes p.s right um she records 13 cassette tapes very progressive uh yeah <laughs> right um and each tape is a reason why she killed herself and the reason why is always a person so it's like right. this is your tape justin right this tape is uh, an hour-long dissertation on why you are part of the reason that i decided to kill myself right um so when and it s- kind of cuts in and out of like current day and then the, the backstory, the what's happening yeah. in the tape. And some of that is interesting, too, just from, like, a production standpoint. But they didn't do it well. No. It was so hard. It was hard to follow. Um, there were times when I'm watching it, and I'm just like, I, I totally believe in a willing suspension of disbelief when I'm watching right. anything, which right. is why I can enjoy sci-fi, fantasy, whatever, because I'm willing to suspend my disbelief for a second. But even in this case, there were times where it was just so unbelievable. It was so far-fetched that this was actually happening that it was, like, painful. Right. Which brings us to point number two. Uh, There's a character named Tony in the show. All of the characters are incredibly cliche and dramatic. But Tony. What is Tony Tony doing? Tony is... How much money did Hannah leave Tony (laughs) to follow everyone around... With these tapes. 
he gave up his life essentially to do this just in her memory of a person that he like barely knew. Right. So Tony is this greaser looking like rockabilly kid who has this old greaser car right. and he just shows up everywhere. First his headlights show up everywhere and you're right. just like what is happening right. right now? And then you find out it's Tony and you don't really know the relationship between Tony and the main character Clay but Tony's supposedly is really good. You don't really know. Well, that's another draw of the show, right? Is that by watching all these episodes, you can figure out more nuanced right. uh, relationships between the characters and maybe who they are. Because they really start you off with very little. You don't know anything. Right. But you do know that Tony will show up wherever you are at all times In of the day or night. Even though he's poor, he owns. Right. He's supposed to be from the poor side of town, but he has this fancy car. Whatever. Well, and then I just don't. Yeah, He's always he's always there. He has this there. like personal. He took it on as like a personal project. Yeah, to make sure. So Hannah wanted each person who got a tape was going to get these tapes, and they had to listen to them. And that was the deal: was you had right. to listen all the way through. And once you're listening to the thirteen tapes, you pass it on to the next person. Right. And she like commissioned Tony to make sure that each person did this, right? Which would be a full time job. <laughs> To and like, it was to like follow people other around. When he's other than when he's like beating up people. Oh, and then randomly, he's randomly which they beating didn't up. Really explain. They didn't explain at one point that Clay sees him behind some industrial buildings, like beating up a guy, and then it throws shade on his character. You're like, oh, I thought he was a good guy, but oh wait, he beats people up behind buildings for fun. And then he explains later, he this guy was mean to my sister, and you're just like, what is happening? You never really find out right what happened there. Um, which Long is fine. short. Tony is way too cool to be in high school. Way too, right. He's like a great dresser, has great style, nice An car. Unbelievable character. And he's like a weird, like, noir P.I. <laughs> that, like, follows people around and intimidates them into listening to tapes. Right. Right. Um, and then we'll get to a really interesting aspect of his character later on. Right. And some point. of our points will kind of, you'll be like, doesn't that point kind of fit better under another point? Um... <laughs> Point number Maybe. seven. <laughs> Point number seven. You'll find out something more interesting about Tony. Right. Uh, tape number three. <laughs> Point number three um, that drove us nuts about the show is that the parents were all kind of stupid. Right. And I don't even like I do want to explore this a little bit. Okay. Because they were stupid, but they also weren't stupid. Like at many points, they were characterized as good parents that um, that looked for good relationships with their kids and were trying to be supportive, but they were just doing the best that they could, I guess. Yeah. Um, it's hard. The parents, they are hard to explain, but none of them were overly likable. From the get-go, you discover that Clay's parents, they're kind of portrayed as, as disconnected from Clay. Clay even says something like, oh, it's amazing that you looked up from your books or he, you know, he infers right. that like, oh, now you're interested well, in my aren't life. Aren't they really just like celebrate? Basically, the parents are portrayed from a teenager's point of view. Yes. They're not actually characters. Right. And I would even venture to say Hannah's parents, who the whole time that they take place Hannah, in the current day. If we haven't pointed out Hannah right, is the girl, Hannah's that, kills the girl that killed herself. Like it's, for, they're still viewed even when she is has already committed suicide and it's showing them 
like they're they're still viewed through this like teenage lens like they don't really understand what's going on and they're not really trying hard enough to understand and so like when when the kids in the show don't talk to their parents about anything it's like well of course because they're clueless so it's not even that the show portrays them as clueless it just takes on this weird it, they do it is like, from that point of the teenager because there's i think the the parents you see them attempting to right. connect but there's this like barrier where they don't really connect right and they're um they're not really sympathetic characters Mm-mm. whereas i think even um the the rapist in the show and we'll get there seems to be me to have more sympathy like he's given more sympathy i think than the parents were right um and not because he was a rapist but we'll explain that later um so yeah the parents just drove me nuts they're hard to explain they weren't really again they weren't really believable and they were, you know, maybe it was purposeful to show them from a teenage right, and, point of view. Right. But the, I think that, and we'll get to this in later points, but I think that um, as much as they're portrayed that way, but, you know, like I said, I'm not going to go into my whole issue with this. The The way they're portrayed is that I'm a teenager. I can't go to my parents. Right. So that's like, oh, well, that solves that plot point. Right. And it's like, <laughs> well, no. Right. Not really. Right. We'll get to, we'll, we'll expand on that. Right. In a few points. Yes. Uh, point number four that really drove me nuts was I really liked the soundtrack, but it was ruined by Selena Gomez. <laughs> Why? Where did Selena Gomez come well, from? Well, because she's like a producer of it. That shocks me. Why was Selena Gomez a producer of a Netflix original? I don't know. She has a lot of money and uh, it, it, this show kind of, um, I think it hits on all the major points of teenagers teenagers or like sort of all the, all the, the, like the agenda of today. And, uh, since Selena Gomez was once considered somewhat of like a role model for kids, maybe she was like, I do care naked on her album covers. Right. Um, (laughs) Like I'm saying, I I mean, I don't think that that's a great reason, but um, that could be maybe why she... She also just has a lot of money. Drove me nuts. She wanted to invest in some kind of project, maybe? I don't know. Drove me nuts. I really I also don't know how, like, how big her role was. Right, yeah. But she had had the theme song, which I think we already played in the background. I had to do it. Maybe that's why she wanted to be a producer, so that she could get her songs into this. Right soundtrack right which i it honestly a lot of the songs in it were songs that i like and then yes it was like weird selena gomez this show had so much potential anyway <laughs> uh point number five that we had a problem with is the tapes themselves uh the fact that hannah made them um so essentially she sits down she's she's decided that she's gonna kill herself um and so the first thing she does is spends 13 hours processing you know auditorily processing everything that happened to her um and then the fact that clay the main character the show is is clay essentially listening to the tape um and clay had a tape uh and you don't of course of course his is number 12 right well of course they're not going to get that's another draw is you want to know what this why is clay right who liked her Right. Like, what did he do wrong to deserve to be on these tapes? Right. You're watching the the show. Well, that's really what, like, 
that's that's really you. that's really the essence of the show, which is like I uh, I just want to know what that person what did, did Clay what did right these people do like right and Clay you know loves her cares for her is always nice to her they have a very normal friendship and so except for when if he's not nice to her it's all just very normal. Like, there's a point where he gets jealous because he likes her. Right. He's more than a friend. Right. Very normal. Like, any sort of confrontation that they have is very normal amongst two friends. Yes. Right. And so you're like, why why is he one of the reasons that she killed herself? And then you finally see Clay's tape. And if you didn't catch this already, spoiler alert. Right. um, He didn't do anything wrong to her. She essentially rejected him, rejected his affection, didn't let him reach out to her. And that's a reason why it doesn't. It was her tape. It was her tape, essentially what she did. It was her tape. Right. But she didn't want it to be about her. She wanted to make 13 tapes vilifying people right and saying you're the reason why i did this right right uh which takes us to point number six uh clay took forever to listen to the tape so he's to mention okay so he sat on these tapes which is why the show is so long yes but he did nothing with them at no point did he think but that's where i want to bring it back to tony Mm-hmm. Tony, you're the worst. Tony's the worst. You listened to these tapes. You knew that what was on them. And you should have taken it all. To an adult. To an adult. Yes. For as much as you act like an adult, because I'm pretty sure in real life, you're probably like 27. <laughs> right. <laughs> you should have taken them. And I understand. Like, I get it. It's a story. Right. And if you had taken them to the, to the right. police in the very beginning... The story wouldn't have happened. It would be a completely different story. (laughs) Right. I understand. But. The tapes are her suicide note. Right. You have someone's suicide note. You have evidence in, in big adult things that are happening. Yes. You have evidence. You have something that you could give to her parents. You have something that you could give to the police. police. Because there are illegal things that happened on these tapes. Yes. And people need to know about them. Yes. But instead, he decided to honor the memory of a girl that chose to kill herself in the name of all these things and keep the process going right. on. So he believed in her mission. And a lot of this stuff that we're saying right now will make sense as we get to our final points. Right. You'll see, understand why we're taking this yes. you know, perspective. Right. Um, And the fact that Clay, who you find out in later episodes, he was in love with this girl and he's given her suicide note, but he takes weeks to listen to the tape, which is just not believable. Well, the answer to that, he says in the show, like, it's just very difficult for me to listen to the tapes. I don't care. It just it's the only reason it took a long time is because they needed a longer show. Right. Exactly. Like, there's no way it would that's take you That's the only reason why. That's the only reason to why. To listen to these tapes. I'm no. sorry. But that's Especially not if you hadn't gotten to your tape yet. Right. You would listen. You would binge listen to those to until to your you tape. got to your tape. You just would. Yes. That's why so many people have binge watched the show to get to Clay's tape. Like, right. <laughs> the rest I'm of us sorry. are doing it, Clay. Why can't you? Um, point number seven, and this will also take us back to Tony, is, oh my goodness, you guys. Every episode, you find out that another character is gay. 
And it is so, this is part of the agenda. It just completely tries to normalize gay relationships. And they drop it on you, but they don't drop it on you. It's just like slid in, like it's this totally normal thing. Like, oh, hey, P.S., Tony's totally gay. And so is this character, and so is this character, and so is this character. And by the end of the show, you have a 50-50 it's almost 50 50 honestly it feels like a representation of people who are gay or not it was very the whole show was very degrassi to me see see, and i haven't watched a lot of degrassi which is obviously it doesn't appeal to me right but it's like it's all teenagers played by 27 year olds (laughs) that are experiencing all these like every single day they experience they don't have a normal day of high school. Right. They have to have all these adult things and they're constantly struggling with all these adult things. And I'm not saying that those things don't happen. Right. But um, when you're looking at a small section of a high school, chances are 50% of them are not going to be gay. And what bothers me and one of our major points we'll be talking about later involves this is that this is a show geared towards you know a specific age group and and just kind of the message is that like oh yeah half of half of us are gay and that's totally normal and you have a gay character whose um parents are are um also dudes that are yeah quote married um and she's struggling with She's, like, trying to hide it from them. She doesn't want them to know that she's gay for some reason. And then Tony has this sweet, caring boyfriend who's concerned for him that you don't meet until later in the show. And it's just, like, they just drop it on you. Like, it's this completely normal thing. And I just think part of it is just wanting to normalize a a gay culture. When you feel sympathy for the so-called villains of the show. Mm Mm-hmm the only time you really feel sympathy for them is if they're experiencing something that is one of those hot button issues of today. Right. And this is an example of that. Right. Uh, Which brings us to point number eight, which is just a complete lack of discussion of sin. So obviously we're not expecting a secular show to drop some gospel on you. Right. Um, But in this show, you know, it's hard to get a real feel for what's right, what's wrong. Uh, people talk. People are constantly talking about. Well, that's your truth. My truth is, um, and so you have this secular humanist kind of mindset. Not kind of totally secular right. humanist mindset brought in of my truth versus your truth, and the quote unquote villains doing the bullying. You have to feel sorry for them in some way, and and they right. want you to relate to the bullies in some way, and. Um, it's just so hard to watch because you see all of this just blatant sin going on and no one can address it because, well, that's my truth versus your truth or because you feel bad for this person. And if, as a Christian, that's painful for me to watch. Right. Um, there's really no right or wrong in the show. Um, you can argue from anyone's viewpoint and that's what humanism loves. Right. And that's, I mean, for me, that means that every single character on the 13 tapes needs their own 13 tapes to explain their life. Like if you, truth, right. And so, and then there's just things that get, things that get glossed over in the show. Um, and I don't totally understand why, like, um, why was it okay for Clay 
to send that naked picture of that kid oh around right so this one kid you know he listens to this kid's tape and he he was the school photographer for the yearbook right and part of what he did to hannah was send around this picture right he creeped on her which is wrong and he should be held accountable for you can't take pictures of people in their room changing and send it around right and so the way Clay got back at him, you're kind of like feeling justified because Clay took a picture of this guy and sent it around. And I was like, isn't the whole point of this show that like this bullying should is what stop. caused Hannah right. to kill herself? And it it's the stop. bullying's fault. And I'm like, but because this kid did a thing that contributed to Hannah's death, he should feel like he should kill himself because he's being bullied And he now. should get bullied. And you're just like, what is happening? So it was really weird the way that they spread... Justice? Sympathy and justice. And it was... Um, Their idea of justice is obviously just based on whatever makes them feel right anyway. Right. So... I don't I, The message that was sent there was really disturbing. Right. Also, um, I just want to say... No offense, no offense, Hannah, but Ryan did nothing wrong oh. to this girl. Can so, you tell? So explain to me, did he do? So Ryan is <laughs> her gay friend who runs some little magazine for the school, and she wrote a poem that Ryan liked, and he published it in his little magazine anonymously. anonymously. And it got read in one of the classes, and it upset her, and so he got. His own tape. He's one of the reasons why. Because he published her poem. I'm sorry. Like, that's... And that's the thing is I just... Some of these tapes... Right. I'm like, you are mixing such... Like, his Hannah is a victim. Right. Right? She was bullied. She was treated horribly. Right. Other things happened that right. were awful. She is... By definition, she was victimized by people. Yes. But there's, like, such this... Like, this weird spectrum of things that happened on these tapes... Right. And I'm just like, I don't know that this is really, I don't think this is a quiet observation of what it's like before someone kills themselves. And I don't think this show is going to keep someone from killing themselves. It's definitely not. Um, so one thing which brings us to our next, our next point, um, one of the huge, huge, huge problems with the show is that there are two very intense rape scenes yes um i have no idea why it was necessary to have these graphic rape scenes in a show aimed towards young adults in any show much less um it's completely unnecessary it was disgusting right um i had no idea it was gonna go into this it was just like what what is why? From a right. production standpoint, why? What did it add to the show? You can absolutely infer. You can infer. Things like that are happening. Um, right. You don't need to show it. So I, I do know why they showed it. Um, and they actually, the creators of the show actually said, we did want it to be uncomfortable. Right. So I understand. Um, I get, especially in the context of this sort of heart-wrenching, dark show Mm -hmm. that's trying to bring awareness to all these really dark topics um so so i get it i get that seeing a rape happen on your television screen should make you sick to your stomach right and that is what this show really worked 
to get like draw a lot of emotion from the audience but so here's what they did they showed two rapes happening Mm -hmm. and then they never showed either of them getting any sort of justice no um so what i don't like about that is that they are essentially glorifying and bringing all the attention onto the quiet pain of the rape victim, which absolutely exists. Right. But for a show that's supposed to be raising awareness mm-hmm. of really hard and difficult topics, mm-hmm. you definitely should never be portraying the quiet pain of the rape victim. That's If it's geared towards teens especially... Right. You should show the strength and the courage of not enduring the pain quietly. And I'm not saying that, you know, I'm not like indicting anyone who has kept things like this a secret. But if you are picking, if you're choosing to create a show to bring awareness to very serious topics, you should not, you should, you should bring awareness to the positive things that can be done. Right. What they showed was her quietly enduring the pain of uh, multiple characters, quietly enduring the pain. And hiding it. Right. And the people around them hiding it. And ultimately, the hero of the show decides not to bring it to light. Right. And at the end, you end up, well, you're supposed to. We don't. You end up agreeing, kind of, in a way, or feeling justified in how she dealt with it. Which was to not deal with it at all and kill herself. Right. Which brings us to... Point number 10, the suicide scene. Right. Can we just warn you guys? This is like the most intense. I, I couldn't. It's the it's the most um, realistic suicide scene <sighs> that I've ever seen. I, I, I watched half the screen. Um, I couldn't. Apparently she kills. And the thing is, is that in the book, she kills herself, I believe, with pills. Right. And in the show, you see her ripping her veins open right. with razors. Right. And it is incredibly difficult to watch. Right. I don't know why they so wanted they, to make it more put, dramatic. Right. They, and see, that's the thing is we wanted it to be uncomfortable. They wanted to show the darkness of these things, but they didn't have to show her slicing her arms open. Uh. And they didn't have to show two people being raped. They just wanted to, to make it more in your face. It was so... And, and why, I, d- I don't do think that's artistic over, license. No, why do you need to over-dramatize right. rape and suicide? Right. You don't. Right. Like, you don't right. need to make it more interesting. There's no way to try to make it more... It doesn't need to be more anything. Like, it's dark enough. Right. Um, You don't need to add to it. And the suicide scene was like... It was like this whole show is leading up to this big scene. Right. And I don't think that you should be leading up dramatically to a suicide. Right. Um, and this, you know, I'll probably kind of bring this up maybe a little bit in the last three points. But um, so according to the worldview of this show, for Hannah, mm-hmm. there was nothing. No tapes. No emotional release. No. Nope. She was dead. Yep. For the, within the worldview of this show. Right. She does not get a voice nope. for her after she's dead. Right. It's done. Yep. For her, it's done. Right. <laughs> right. So 
having framing the show where she where if you kill yourself you get a voice right because people say when people who who want to commit suicide they say i just want to feel like peace i don't want to have to worry and it's like right given this worldview right that's not there will be nothing right in your worldview nothing nothing you don't get anything so the the show is saying like here's our worldview Mm -hmm. they do not express any belief in an afterlife of any kind Mm -mm. um so hannah having this voice after she dies Mm -hmm. that is all that there is left of her right and so to propagate this idea that if you kill yourself you will still have a voice Right. You won't because guess what? This whole show is experienced by the characters that are still alive. Right. The one person who's not experiencing any of it is, is Hannah. Hannah. Right. Even though she's a main character of the show, just remember the whole time you're watching it, she's not there. This is not her getting any justice. This is nope. not her processing any of her pain. Nope. She's just dead. She's gone. Right. I know. It's so disturbing because like it's it feels like the message is she finally got heard. She finally got what she wanted, but it had to happen through suicide. Right. She had no other choice. Right. Right. Which brings us to point number 11, the point that drove me insane. I was losing my mind when I was watching this episode. Um, and I can't remember if it was 12 or 13. Um, but essentially the overall message is that you can you can love people back to life so clay through listening to these tapes goes on a journey of really trying to understand hannah and what happened to her and he says to the school counselor at the end i cost a girl her life because i was afraid to love her and the counselor says you can't love someone back to life and he says you can try so essentially at the end of listening to all these tapes he decides You know, he listens to a tape describing Hannah witnessing her friend get raped. He listens to a tape describing Hannah, uh, Hannah describing when she got she got raped. And he decides that he's just as complicit in her death as the rapist. Right. As the person who was stalking her. Right. As the people who did all of these terrible things to her. Right. He decides that because he didn't try to love her back to life, that he is just as complicit in her death. And everyone else. And then he essentially leaves the room. And this is the climax of the whole show. Right. He leaves the room and he just tells the counselor, um, he said, it has to get better. The way we treat each other and look out for each other, it has to get better somehow. And then the Selena Gomez song starts playing and she's like, all I needed was the love that you gave. Right. And so the message is, you know, if just one person had loved this girl and been nice to her that maybe she wouldn't have killed herself and there's so many problems but with there was one person there, clay was nice to her and also, he did love her and her parents, her parents loved, loved her. her and so that's the point is that she killed herself because she wanted to right she chose to she chose to and there were some things that happened to her mm-hmm. that caused her to make that decision right of course i'm not saying like Whatever it is, the inter- like internet, whatever you think I'm saying, that's not what I'm saying. <laughs> Please don't take this out of context. Right. But the idea that like human love mm-hmm. can be such a simple cure for something as 
some things as horrible as the things that she went through. Right. We don't believe that. No. The gospel, it, the gospel of kindness is not a thing. You can't right. just kind everyone into dealing with these traumatic experiences, into dealing with the effects of sin. Like, right. niceness doesn't cover those things. Right. Um, and so I just think it's a crazy, dangerous message that you, you know... Well, if I had just been nice, then maybe this person wouldn't have killed themselves. Clay shouldn't be carrying the fact that she chose to commit suicide as his fault. Now he's going to be living with the guilt of her death wrongfully. But apparently not, as long as he makes friends with enough weirdos and misfits and people. You know, he walks out of the room and he befriends the misfit girl. He he has this, you see him, his face kind of lights up like, oh... And then he finds this misfit and he's like, hey, do you want to hang out? And that, I mean, that is the, that's the only, <laughs> that's like the re- resolution of the show is that right. he listens to these tapes and decides we all just need to be nice to each other. Now, I appreciate uh, discussing something about we should be treating each other better, but why? Right. Ultimately, if we're all just animals, why? Ultimately, right. if it's my truth versus your truth, why right the rapist guy didn't think he was raping people he explains at one point that he didn't even believe he was raping anybody um well that was his truth right right if we're gonna give validity to your truth my truth the rapist's truth was that he wasn't raping um and so i guess that would bring us to point number 12 which is that there was no resolution there was no accountability so you had people doing these awful things you had a you had a a rapist who was not held accountable. He Clay had a tape proving <laughs> with a confession yes. of a rape on it. Yes. And his solution was to go make friends. Yes. With the outcast girl. And that and there's one scene where he's outside of the police yeah. station and he didn't have the confession on tape at that point, but he still decided to do nothing, even though he knew a rape had occurred. Right. And he had a tape proving it. He right. had a conf- somebody confessing to witnessing this. Right. And he chose to do nothing. And the whole show, at the end of the show, it's just like Clay and Tony and whoever else is in the well, car. Well, I think they left it that way because of, of this. They wanted it to be an indictment of not loving enough. Right. They, wa- they left it that way because the main idea of the show mm-hmm. needs to be you failed you failed you failed you failed but here's the thing hannah killed herself right there are people all over the planet right now that deal with the things hannah right. went through and sometimes even worse and they're not killing themselves right so there is an element of responsibility that right. we have to bring up Right. Like the indictment of the show cannot be, well, everyone just failed Hannah. Right. Everyone else is the reason why she killed herself. No, she did it. She killed herself. Can you imagine? I was thinking about this yesterday. Can you be, can you imagine being her parents who she barely mentioned in the tapes? All she mentions is at one point, you know, they're struggling with money and she loses a bank deposit that they needed her to deposit. And that made her feel like she couldn't go to them. Can you imagine having a child, your child kills themselves? doesn't send you a suicide note right. doesn't leave anything behind for you you've had a good relationship with this child they had a great a great relationship her right. parents were very loving very caring they seem to have a good back and forth and all you get from your child is she mentions in her tapes briefly right. how you were upset when she lost seven hundred dollars 
of your money. Right. That's all you get. How awful is that? Right. I cannot even imagine. Well, and I understand, like, I uh, don't get me wrong. I understand the tone of this whole show. I understand that it's coming from a teenager. I understand that it's coming from someone who's depressed and is reacting to real trauma. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you're trying to bring awareness to suicide, I would say that making everyone feel hopeless (laughs) and quiet and painfully depressed Mm -hmm. is not Mm -hmm. the way to do that and then offer no resolution. Right. There was nothing at the end. There was no there. I mean, she obviously. Okay. So the main thing is, you know, she wasn't thinking right. And I would venture to say that people who, people who have hope and people who are in contact with people that love them and talk to them and are open with them don't always would for the most part do not commit suicide right even if they would want to right so of course i can i can understand what hannah is supposed to be feeling she feels like she can't go to anyone she feels she's humiliated she's victimized right of course but if the point of your show is to indict everyone that did equally indict everyone equally whoever did anything to her and then not ever say well hannah didn't try to talk to anyone hannah walked around for hours recording these tapes processing everything that had happened to her and she was just so numb that she made this choice it was still her choice right like i you i don't know i'm just so i'm so upset with the show the way that it ended if they really like please don't come to me and say you had this noble thought in your head that you're going to prevent suicides from happening with this show nothing about this show is going to prevent someone who's considering suicide from thinking oh I shouldn't commit suicide right because it shows it in an incredibly hopeless way and that's let's face it that's why Hannah did that because she had no hope right she was in this place in her head it shows where she had the nothing counselor left. supposedly right. didn't care about her. Her parents couldn't listen to her. The one person that she loved, she she that loved her, Clay, right. other than her parents, uh, she chose not to go to. She chose not to talk to. Right. Um, anyway, the biggest problem, right? Number 13. Number 13. The biggest problem with all of this is that it is geared towards young adults. Right. This is not a show for young adults. I don't know why this book was for young adults. The way everything in portrayed in this show is completely irresponsible. Um, well, I think it just kind of welcomes you into that world. Like I mentioned, it's a bunch of 27-year-olds playing kids that on the daily are dealing with these incredibly adult themes. And as a teenager, I can see the appeal. Right. Wanting to feel like an adult. That's why kids like watching shows of people their age doing... Adult adult stuff. Right. And don't get me wrong, kids deal with right. adult stuff, but right. this is like a glorification. It's totally hyperbolic. Oh, this is not so over dramatic. This is not real life. And if you're gonna say it's real life, I'm gonna point out the issues with it. Right. I'm gonna point out the problems with it. Like right. that she you know, there was never no one ever came to her with like any objective truth. She never viewed anything through any right. like objective lens. Right. And I would say to the the parents who might watch the show and think, oh, this brings up a lot of things I should talk about with my kids. 
you can definitely talk about these issues with your kids without showing them the show. And you should have these conversations with them. Um, and yes, she did a lot of irresponsible things. You might want to, a lot of, everyone did a lot of irresponsible things that might spark a great conversation with your kids. You don't have to show them a rape scene right. to discuss with them the problems about rape. And the show will not portray for you what your kids should do. Should they witness a rape? Should they be in this kind of situation? Right. It will portray the exact opposite right. of what you should do. And the goal of the show is to make you feel sympathetic towards the people who make these terrible decisions. Right. You feel bad for the people covering it up. You feel bad. You know what I mean? Like, right. this is if you show them this show, which I do not believe that you should. Um, it should just start with a disclaimer of do the opposite of what every kid in this show does. Right. Please. Yeah. Please do the opposite because exactly. what they did was not okay. It was not justified and you should not feel sympathetic for them. Right. So don't do that. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's, that's it. That's really it. Like kids, of course, they're going to deal with the stuff that's in the show. Um, not as dramatically or as cliched right. as they do in the show. Right. Um, which is the weird sort of draw that we, that a teenager would have right. to the show mm-hmm. in the first place. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think you just you have to be careful with um, how your kids are learning to deal with all the stuff. I mean, drugs, mm-hmm. bullying, mm-hmm. sex, mm-hmm. depression, suicidal thoughts. Like, mm-hmm. do you want this show teaching your kids what those things no. are? You don't. No, parents don't do it. You don't? No. So, okay, that's our 13 reasons why <laughs> you shouldn't watch 13 reasons why. Um, I'm so sorry for anybody who, like me, also wasted 13 hours of their life watching the right. show. But a great, it gave me show material. Right. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I don't know. I watched this so you don't have to. Right, and it seems like a weird episode for us to do. I just think it needs to be said because a lot of people are talking about it. Right. And ultimately, you know, I can't tell you what you can or can't watch on Netflix. I right. just don't think I, my, my big takeaway I want anybody to have is do not like your kids don't need to watch this. If you want to have honest conversations with your kids about this stuff, then I you should think do you that. Should. Yeah. Um, but it doesn't need to come from this show. And if your kids are watching it without any kind of guidance from you, I think that's also a problem. Well, and the show basically says don't talk to your parents. Right. You have no other choice but to sit quietly in your pain because being a teenager is quiet pain. Right. It does not have to be that way. No. Being depressed does not have to be quiet pain. Being a victim of a sexual assault does not have to be quiet pain. Mm -mm. Um, Right. That's just... That's it. (laughs) That's just it, you guys. I didn't think of a fun question for you. I know. This has been kind of a... It was just... uh, This whole thing has been... uh, What's the word? It's been draining. Watching the show was draining. Preparing the show was draining. Um, Oh, hey. Someone asked us yesterday. This was a fun question. Okay. What's your favorite decade of music? Oh, yeah. I forget who asked that. It was Zachary. Okay. (laughs) It was Zachary Conover, Um, director of everything for (laughs) endabortionnow.com. Right? I would have to say, um, I like the 40s. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. I obviously like classical music, so we're talking yeah. like not even in this century. Right. I know you Some do. Of it. <laughs> so intense. Um, oh, which by the way, um, when we did our, I already got a message about it. Oh. Um, and I, I knew it was coming the whole week because I mispronounced something on the show. What did you mispronounce? Our Louis C.K. show. Oh. I said Dvorak. Is it and not? And it's Dvorak. Dvorak. Like I'm from America. It's Dvorak. <laughs> and as soon as I said it, I just see. And that's the thing is like, there's always this toss up in your head when you say something stupid to like correct yourself. Right. And sound like a total nerd or to just <laughs> let the show go on. Right. And so that's what I did. I let the show go on. But for like the whole next week, I was like, someone, someone someone's going to someone I'm going to get or I'm at least, even if they don't message, they're going to be like, idiot. <laughs> <laughs> but that's just a part of this show. That's a part of being on a show all the time. Yep. Um, Sometimes you're going to say stupid stuff and there's just nothing you can do about it because a bunch of people are going to hear it and right. you're going to be like, well, that sucks. Like, <laughs> it's very humbling. Right. <laughs> but anyway, I would have to say... I didn't catch it because I'm an uncultured swine. <laughs> I'm not cultured. Um, but it's okay if you want to message me about it, you can. Yeah. Um, I'm mm-hmm. trying to have a pretty good attitude about it. Mm-hmm. Um, but so uh, I would say 40s. Okay. Or... The 90s. I mean, I really like the 90s. I was cleaning the other day and I just, I put my headphones in and I found this iTunes playlist and it was like greatest hits of the 90s. And I was like sweating my face off from how much, not work I was doing, but how much like dancing and singing I was doing. Right. I'm really glad no one was home. Right. If I'm like in a croony mood, then 40s for sure. Oh, yes. But if I'm in like a like thrasher, Mm -hmm. like rage against the machine mm-hmm. totally 90s um mm-hmm. you know girl jam right yes like if i'm if i'm looking if i'm looking to just rock out yeah 90s then 90s for sure yeah mine would probably be the 30s or the 40s right because big band music right pretty important huge huge i'm fan a big fan right and i used to swing dance a lot and that's not a hard question well, for that me. fits my Honestly, it fits like if I want to sing something, uh-huh. it fits my vocal range more. Like yeah. lower. I mean, if you couldn't have guessed that I'm probably not a soprano, um, <laughs> I can't hit tune in a bucket, so it doesn't matter. Like twelve buckets, still not hitting it. Like does not matter. But that's it's not a hard one for me. My dad was a DJ. I think we talked about that in uh, in high school, and he just played all like big band music and it's really the best it is that there is it is all right we should end the episode there we've been talking for a long time uh if you guys could hit us up on patreon.com slash sheologians we are two-thirds of the way to our goal which means we are not to our goal yet and we still need you so please consider giving a cup of i mean less than a unicorn frappuccino a month Right. Uh, if a lot of you do that, then right. we only need a little. Um, I've also decided, because I noticed while we were recording this show, that I said like a lot. Oh, did you? Which is just such a... I mean, it just happens for me. I can't really defend myself. Listen, enough people pick on us. Do we have to pick on us? Well, so what I'd like, properly used, Yes, that's a proper usage of the word like. Yes. <laughs> what I would like is for you guys to give us one dollar for every time we say like. 
And if that happened, we're there. We're totally we're there. We're totally there. Because we're millennials and we're plagued by the improper usage of like. Right. But I don't really know what I can do about it. Right. Right. So um, if we don't hit our goal, then you won't get to listen to us say like anymore, which is essentially the message here. Right. So like, if you can <laughs> help us out, that'd be great. Like in reaching our goal. Like. Patreon.com slash theologians. And we will see you guys next week. See ya.